In 1 Samuel 12, we have an interesting story concerning Samuel's final speech before the nation of Israel. Samuel concludes his speech by calling upon God, and God responded by sending a thunderstorm. The scriptures then say that the people greatly feared God and Samuel. Why is that? Well, I think that one answer to that question is fairly obvious. But to fully appreciate why they feared God and Samuel, you have to know a little bit about the geography of the land. And that's what we'll be discussing on today's program. Welcome to the first of what I hope will be many podcasts from Exploring Bible Land. My name is Barry Brittnell and I'll be your host for this period of time. Over the past four years, I've traveled to the country of Israel on three different occasions and have plans on returning again this October. During those times, I've learned many things about the geography of the land, and I want to share many of those things with you. My schedule for producing these podcasts will be very haphazard to begin with. Most of the time, it will depend on my availability. But my plan is to have a new podcast available every couple of weeks. Regardless, I would appreciate if you'd go and subscribe to it via iTunes, and if you find them informative, share them with your friends and family. Before we read Samuel's speech, let me set the stage on this story just a little bit. The nation of Israel has conquered the land, and they've been through a series of judges, concluding with Samuel. In chapter 10, at the request of the people, Saul is chosen and anointed as king. In chapter 11, the king of Ammonites attacked the nation of Israel at Jabesh-Gilead. Saul leads the people to Jabesh-Gilead, and the Ammonites are defeated. After the battle, Samuel, who is growing old, takes this opportunity to gather the people together at Gilgal. He has something he'd like to say to them. Beginning in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 12, we read, And Samuel said to the people, The Lord is witness, who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Now therefore stand still that I may plead with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and your fathers. When Jacob went into Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your fathers cried out to the Lord and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God. And he sold them into the hand of Sisera, commander of the army of Hatzor, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. And they cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord and have served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. But now deliver us out of the hands of the enemies, that we may serve you. And the Lord sent Jerubbabel and Barak and Jephthah and Samuel and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you lived in safety. And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us, when the Lord your God was your king. And now, behold the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked. Behold, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now therefore stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not the wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord, 
and he may send thunder and rain. And you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord, in asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all of the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. So why did the people greatly fear the Lord and Samuel? Well, they had just witnessed a sign. But what was it about this sign that caused this reaction? I can think of three reasons. First, as I said, the people witnessed this event. They watched as Samuel asked God for thunder and rain. And then immediately it began to do just that. For that reason alone would be enough for the people to fear Samuel. But there is more. But to understand the final two reasons, you need to know a little bit about the land of Israel. The land of Israel is generally divided into four geographic zones. From west to east, the first zone is the coastal plain. This portion of the land is relatively flat and about 15 to 20 miles wide. For students of the Bible, we commonly associate the southern portion of the coastal plain with the Philistines. The biblical cities of Caesarea, Joppa, Ashdod, and Ashkelon are all located in this area. Moving to the east, the second zone is the central mountain range. This area is characterized by high mountains and very deep valleys. Many of the highest peaks are over 3,000 feet in elevation. Cities such as Nazareth, Samaria, Shechem, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, and Hebron are all in this area. Next, we fall from the central mountain range to the Jordan Rift Valley. The valley sits on a fault line, and for the most part is completely below sea level. The Hula Valley, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, and the Dead Sea are all part of the zone of the Jordan Rift Valley. The most notable city in this zone is the city of Jericho. Finally, we come to the Trans-Jordan Plateau. Located on the eastern side of the Jordan River, this section of land resides entirely in the modern Kingdom of Jordan. This land rises dramatically from the Jordan Rift Valley and then flattens out onto the plateau. With those four zones in mind, join me in a mental exercise. Imagine a line going from west to east through the land and consider the differences in elevation as you go across. The area east of the Mediterranean Sea is the coastal plain. It's a fairly flat area but rises slowly. After about 20 miles, the land rises very dramatically into the central mountain range. Then it descends quickly into the Jordan Rift Valley before rising again to the Transjordan Plateau. This dramatic difference in terrain produces some interesting weather phenomena. Winds come off the sea, then the air rises when it hits the mountains. As the air rises, it cools. When warm, moist air cools, the water molecules condense, forming clouds. Pretty soon, the clouds grow large enough and the air cools enough to fall as rain. Consequently, the central mountain rain gets a lot of rainfall. But, as the air crosses the mountains and then immediately sinks into the rift valley and warms, consequently, clouds dissipate and rain doesn't fall. With that in mind, think about the cities of Jericho and Jerusalem. As the crow flies, those two cities only sit about 12 miles apart yet they have drastically different weather. Jerusalem sits about 2,700 feet in elevation in the central mountain range. Jericho sits approximately 800 feet below sea level 
in the Jordan Rift Valley. Despite only being about 12 miles apart, they have nearly 3,500 feet of elevation difference in between them. But that's not the only difference. Remember what I said about how the rain falls across these zones? Because of the geography and being located in the mountains, Jerusalem receives approximately 24 inches of rain per year. But Jericho, despite being only 12 miles from Jerusalem, only averages about 5 inches of rain per year. Now, back to the story. Samuel has gathered the nation of Israel at Gilgal. Gilgal was located a couple of miles northeast of Jericho, very close to the Jordan River. It rarely rains in Gilgal. So let's think about our original question. Why, after this event, did the people greatly fear the Lord and Samuel? First, they had witnessed a sign from God. Samuel asked God for thunder and rain, and it immediately began to thunder and rain. Second, Samuel and God made it rain in Gilgal, an area of the country where it rarely gets thunder and rain. And when they do get rain, it rarely falls in large amounts at one time. The people knew this, and this caused them to fear God. Finally, did you hear what Samuel said in his speech? He asked a question that, at first glance, seems to be unnecessary. He asked, Is it not the wheat harvest today? Why did he ask this question? Well, you have to know a little bit about the climatology of Israel. Every year, the early rains begin in October, and the latter rains end in April. We actually read about this phenomenon in Scripture. However, during the summer months, between the end of the latter rains and the beginning of the early rains, it does not rain. It's not that it rarely rains. It never rains during this time. So when is the wheat harvest? It's in mid to late May. So finally, why did the people fear the Lord and Samuel? First, they made it rain. Second, they made it rain in a place that rarely gets rain. And third, they made it rain at a time of the year when it never rains. And seeing this, the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. When you understand the geography of the Bible, it helps you to understand the Bible stories even more. Would you like to learn more about the lands of the Bible? Let me make a couple of suggestions. First, you can subscribe to this podcast. As I said, my plan is to do these podcasts as I have time, so the best way to keep up to date with them is to subscribe. Second, you can find information on my website at www.exploringbiblelands.com. On that website, you'll find a number of pictures and articles about the Bible lands. Right now, we're featuring some pictures from Trent and Rebecca Dutton who have lived in Israel. Make sure you enter in your email address and have our blog post sent directly to you. Third, you can find us on social media. Be sure to like our page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Just search for Exploring Bible Lands. Finally, if you really want to learn firsthand about the land of Israel, I invite you to join me this October as I will lead a Bible study tour of that beautiful land. For more information, check out my website and click on the 2015 Israel Tour link at the top of the page. 
On that page, you'll find an itinerary, pricing, and some frequently asked questions. And while you're there, be sure to watch the video from last year's tour. Thank you again for joining me, and I'm looking forward to our next time together as we will once again explore the lands of the Bible.